Neil's corner. There's the winner, surely. Sydney FC are going to get the three points, and guess who? On debut, Jacob Tretz. Would you credit that? Well, it didn't look like he was going to get on, and thanks to the, well, in his own words, the all-body cramping of Aaron Calvert, he gets on, and what a thumping header. All right, thanks, Jacob, for joining us on the Regional Football Hub. We certainly appreciate you taking the time to have a chat to us. Um, first up, we just want to check how you're going in isolation and how you're handling you know, football training in the football suspension at the moment. Uh, uh, pleasure to be here, boys. Um, obviously, love getting back to the roots. So um, I'm actually handling isolation quite well, to be honest. Like, I guess, obviously, you miss the, the football side of things, but uh, you also get that little bit of break. Um, and I guess that little bit of uh, mental, mental, uh, I guess, rehydration in, in that sense. But, um, yeah, I, I've still been uh, able to do a little bit of training uh, on the daily. So in that aspect, I'm still uh, pushing to work on uh, aspects of my game to improve. But um, the overall, I guess, lifestyle is a lot more relaxed and uh, I feel like I'm enjoying isolation but looking forward to, to getting back to the real world and playing again hopefully uh that comes around soon given you know you, you and the team are in such a good position um so hopefully there's some good news where the a-league can start again and and hopefully the short little breaks are good refresher for you to you know kick on and hopefully go on and take the title um by the finals yeah, definitely. Uh, we actually just got a meeting, uh, a message just before saying that um, we'll be back in to do a little bit of testing. So that's a positive sign because for the last, obviously, month and a bit, it's been, um, I guess there's been a lot of unknown and not much clarity on where we're going going forward. So the aspect of actually even just going into the training ground um, is very beneficial and over here in WA, we're lucky that we're able to start to get groups of 10 people together. So hopefully we can uh, begin training in smaller groups uh, soon. Very good. I know obviously been, yeah. I was going to say, Trey, being isolated, um, do you still have a fair bit of contact with the, with the team and the boys and via sort of Zoom and that and with the coach to, to keep you up and running and then giving you sort of things to make sure you are doing at home or? Uh, yeah, we get given uh, programs. Um, it's it's hard with at the moment because uh, we're in a different position to a lot of A-League clubs as we're not getting paid. So a lot of the boys are sort of... Obviously, you're still doing your own stuff, but uh, sort of protesting against uh, the club because obviously the, the boys want to get paid. So um, I still... Me, Hayden and uh, Neil Kilkenny, we, we've got our own little training regime that we do once every two, three days and then do our own individual stuff in between that. So I, I feel good going back into the meeting because we've got skin folds and weight testing and all that because I've obviously been keeping up my training. I feel good about it. But I think some boys, uh, I guess it could be quite stressful, the situation that we're in. Uh, they might lose that... Uh, 
motivation to, to keep training and the stress of, I don't know, looking after a family or having a mortgage and not being able to pay um, can be quite stressful, you know. So I'm kind of lucky in the position that I'm in that I don't have that kind of stress or kids or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to make the most of the opportunity that I'm in, to be honest. Yeah, good. Obviously, probably there's probably about half a kilo of your beard that you've grown there that you might have to add into your weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make it good for you. <laughs> After yeah. um, obviously, when you started back in back in Western, what, what can you tell us about uh, being in Dubbo as a, a wee little tackle playing football, and then obviously you moved on to play for Western New South Wales? What do you remember about? that period of time and what challenges there was for you and obviously you know travels one especially being in Dubbo but is there anything else that uh you know challenge wise if you recall um i guess i was quite lucky to be honest um my dad was so helpful uh in regards to the traveling side of things and uh he would work uh, all throughout the week and it was our little escape together on the weekends to come down and, and play football and it never really for us seemed like an effort, like I loved playing football Dad loved hanging out with youth, big man like in the community, like the group that we had um, it was just a joy to, to be playing every weekend and I think um, I was quite lucky in the aspect that I had uh, that stability for me going going through um but yeah like it's obviously very challenging with all the travel and, and all that kind of stuff and i know for, for some families it can be quite difficult um but for me i just i don't know looking back on it i just enjoyed it so much and um i think we're just lucky that with the the group of players that we had the the, the people around us the mums the parents like the coaches that I had during that, that period were, was unbelievable. And it just put me in a good position for when I did the transition to Sydney. Um, I think I learned a lot and um, just sort of try to, I don't know, just make the most of uh, any opportunity that I was given, to be honest. Yeah, great. I mean, um, was, oh, you go on, Fernley. No, it was, a, it was a great group of players and, mm. you know, you you always were one of the ones first to training out training and you know um, it was it was great to have you in the squad back back then when you were younger um, I think you probably stayed in the area longer than what most players have that have gone on and you know played a league etc do you think that was something that helped you in your situation um, I know you're close to your mum and your dad and your family Whereas, you know, others have had to leave at 14, 15, 16, where you, you got to stay to essentially, you know, finish year 12. For, for you, is that something that was, that helped you as a player and as a person to then be able to go on and start at Sutherland? Yeah, I think, I remember obviously after the, uh, in Coss Harbour where I got that offer to go down to N-Swiss and, and join that at, I think it was under 16s or something like that. And I think obviously the best decision for me at the time was to, to stay with my family and, and do the long distance thing because it gave me such stability. And I guess the values of my parents is what kept me at that 
position to keep growing and improving as a player. And I think I've taken what I've developed from that youth and carried that throughout the whole journey, even once I moved away from home, that uh, I was able to, to make it. And make, like they say, what did they say? Um, people call it luck, but it's more preparation for opportunity. So whenever there's an opportunity that comes around, you're prepared and you're, and you're ready to take, make the most of it. And I think that's something that I was um, able to do. And it's just, that's, that's literally like the, uh, the mentality you have to have. You've got to be prepared for any opportunity because you might only get a couple. And then if you take it, then it'll lead on to the next one and the next one after that. So, um, yeah, I think definitely... Uh, moving down after everything, after school, after all that, made it a lot easier for me to transition, to be honest. Do you think, Trudy, that with regional players, it's a lot more of that mental aspect that's the difference in regards to having to make that move? Like, obviously, the physical... and There's players that have the physical and technical ability, but it's that, that mental part to obviously separate from family and get up and make that move. Do you think that's probably the biggest challenge? Yeah, I think, honestly, mental is the biggest aspect to any uh, sport, to be honest. I think talent will get you only so far, say, whether you might be able to get to under-16s or under-18s with talent, but it'll be your character and your mental uh, attitude that will be able to hold you there. Um, And I think if you're sort of lost that stability or that structure, it can sort of fall apart a little bit. Like, I know there were so many players that I used to look back at, uh, like in the New South Wales Metro team, and I'd be like, they are unbelievable players. Like, they're going to they're gonna make it and they're going to be the, like, the players of the future in, in Australian football. And then I moved down to Sydney and then I would slowly start overtaking them as a, as a footballer because of my mental... Uh, attitude towards football and that's uh, I guess is the biggest part to be honest is learning the mental side of uh, being an athlete I guess sorry what was that for how do, how do you think you developed that when you were, when you were young to prepare yourself mentally for that I mean you always appeared as a player who was determined to win every challenge or every ball you know you're um, willingness to compete was always there, but was that something you had to develop yourself or was there some other sort of reason for why that happened for you? Um, I, I used to uh, have an argument with my family about uh, whether or not uh, you, what was it, like if you're born with uh, not talent, more yeah, talent. But I, my my argument was always: it doesn't matter how talented you are. You, your mental is what's going to get you to improve and, and grow. Um, I think, like for me, I'm still learning and growing as a player every every day, and there's still challenges mentally for me that I need to uh, overcome. Because uh, I'm still I'm still learning and still growing, but um, to keep me 
where I am and to keep going, I have to have a, I guess, a growth mindset. And um, I think that's sometimes the best thing for me because I want to improve and I'm uh, so driven by that, but can, it can also be my biggest downfall because uh, mentally I can beat myself up a lot. So uh, I guess, over time, you're just going to keep learning and improving and understanding your yourself a bit better. And um, my, I think my attitude is how how can I uh, be best prepared for uh, every training session, and which will al- allow me to prepare for every game, um, so that I'm at the best physical and mental uh, capacity to perform. And it's all about for me performance. So. Uh, I just try to, uh, I guess, mentally not try to, I probably overthink just a little bit too much. So that's something that I try to uh, balance so that I'm uh, not hindering my performance too much. Um, well, the question I'd like to ask is obviously you're a defender now, whether it be right back or centre back. Um, coming up through Western and when you're in Dubbo, did you always play there or were you a midfielder and transfer back? What was the situation? Uh, during my, like when I was younger, I played a little bit of midfield. Uh, like that's like under 12s and stuff like that. Um, and then when I moved down to Western, um, I obviously transitioned to a centre back. Um, I never played too much right back, did I, big man? Um, I- Except for once when I uh, went to New South Wales country and was playing up front that time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I ended up scoring seven goals in seven games, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, you had no idea what you were doing, though. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Uh, Anyway, I end up figuring out that I'm definitely a uh, centre-back. Um, and I think, for me, uh, centre-back, I, I still feel like, at the moment, centre-back's a position that I want to master. Obviously, uh, you'll take any game time that you can get. So, if they want to play me right back, I'll do that as well. But, uh, for me personally, I want to pursue a career as a centre-back, to be honest. Do you think that um, that drive that you have for scoring goals that you mentioned when you got seven in seven games and bragged about it a little there, do you reckon that drives your set-piece specialist? Because I've seen you score plenty of headers and especially one against Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's sort of natural for me, to be honest. Um, yeah, like even from a young age, I... I used to do headers, but it's funny because even when you come to the top level, there's still boys that don't even want to head the ball. So, <laughs> like, for, for me, I, there's no fear and it's just I'm happy to do it. And there's, I don't know, some boys that just have never done it from a young age and they, they don't like to. So, uh, I guess it's just uh, an ability that is, um, I guess, a bit of a standout for me and I'm allowed to... Uh, apply that in games and it, and it obviously creates that little bit of difference as me as a, a defender that can score goals. I think even when you were 13, 14, it was 
the, the timing was important, but you just had a, a huge desire to, you know, get your head on the ball. He outleaped people that were twice the size of you almost. So it was always something yeah. that was in you since you were 13, 14. Um, mm. So, you know, it's, it's, good, it's good to see that, you know, when you're then playing in the A-League and that attribute is still there. So, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's you know, like, because I, I was so adamant uh, with my argument with my family that, uh, that there's no such thing as, I guess, natural ability. It's all like however you train and stuff. But um, I guess in that aspect, that's kind of been a natural uh, aspect to my game, heading, heading the ball from set pieces. So... Yeah, I've kind of been in there. It's kind of natural, but then you're also all, always got to develop at the same time. So, um, yeah, two and two. What's your, what's your best memory from when you were in your youth days in the regional football space? Um, the grand final. Seven goals somehow. <laughs> <laughs> no, the grand, grand final wins for me. Uh, when I was in Dubbo, I I never I I used to make the grand final every year, and every year we lost. And it wasn't until uh, I joined the Western Mariners that uh, I was able to win three. Was it? Yeah, two, two or three. Three, I think. Yeah, three three grand finals, and uh, yeah, they're just they're just the big the trophies are the the biggest and best moments to to look back on to be honest, like something that you always wanted to achieve and the, the group of players that we had and uh, the people that we had uh, to help us achieve that was just uh, so much rewarding for everyone involved. So they are the, the happiest memories I have looking back at uh, regional football. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge when you moved to Sydney? Um, I get, uh, um, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know. I felt like I adapted uh, moving to Sydney uh, quite easily. Like I was lucky that uh, Ashley and Maddie were already living up there in Sutherland, so I, I had that that base where I had home. I had my family. Um, I was lucky enough to sign with Sutherland Sharks. Uh, as soon as I moved down, so as as soon as I finished with Western, I had that stepping stone to play uh, in in the top division in Sydney and had a great uh, pathway to um, grow. But I, I guess that's what I was saying before: as preparation meets opportunity is what they call luck. So uh, that was what was able to get me. Uh, that contract there and, and then grow from there. So, um, I, uh, I didn't maybe, uh, adjusting my diet, to be honest, I was obviously quite a poor eater when I was young. Um, and it wasn't until I moved away from home that I started branching out and trying new foods and what would actually benefit me. Because, um, Back in the day, I was quite basic, just living off Milo's and butter and Vegemite toast. <laughs> just the basics, to be honest. <laughs> so, but yeah, the overall transition was quite 
uh, easy for me to be honest. Cool. I've seen some uh, drastic results with going vegan, mate. Have you ever given that a crack? Or nah. To be honest, I, I you get a bit carried away with the food side of things sometimes. I I've kind of over my time uh, relaxed it a bit because obviously uh, with my mentality, I'm quite obsessive. So you can get a bit caught up in the the food side of things and think like the the way people approach food is always different and can be a bit confusing sometimes. So uh, for me, I just, obviously you try new things, but I just do what works, works best for me. So um, everyone's going to be a little bit different on what they want to eat and how they want to eat. Um, and you still want to keep that balance of life where you're still enjoying uh, life as well, I believe, to, to get the best uh, mental space as well. Because if you're too... If you're too strict and you're too hard, then uh, motivation and energy can sort of dissipate a little bit. So you've got to keep that that balance, I believe, to be able to uh, perform, but uh, still enjoy and keep that energy as well. Well, back into the football side of things, um, what would you say has been the most defining moment of your career so far where you've gone, right, yep, now I'm a professional? Um, I remember when dad uh, said to me, when you sign your first professional contract is when you know you've made it. And uh, I remember signing that at at Sydney FC. And that was such a big stepping stone for me to break into that professional environment. Um, But it it wasn't uh, the be all and end all because by the end of that year, I'd, I couldn't handle the workload and my body broke down and I got glandular fever. Um, And by the end of the year, I was out of contract. So I went back down to the state league and um, probably wasn't two of the wards, the back end of uh, that season at Sydney FC that I learned how important recovery and and all that kind of stuff is in in regards to performing um, every day at, at a top level. So I went back to the state league and started applying that mentality um, in just my sort of day to day, and I developed a, quite a a good routine that was able to help me perform physically and mentally. And you sort of just you pick up little things here and there, and you keep keep growing. And I was able to obviously get back into Wellington. So. Um, yeah, I guess as a professional, you're always learning, you, you're always growing and it might just be little things that you pick up here and there that will put you instead for the future. But I, I still believe that you've got to have that mindset where you want to learn and you want to grow because if you don't have that mentality, then you, you just, you're either going to stay like that and then slowly drop or you're not going to be a professional footballer anymore and you've got to apply that work ethic every day. Otherwise, it, yeah, you'll fall apart, I guess. See there, obviously you speak about obviously defining moments and things, but everything's not going to be sort of going smoothly all the time and you're obviously going to hit big challenges and um, obviously one of those would have been when obviously you just said you felt sick um, felt sick, and then you sort of had to restart again and, and do it all again. Did you ever have any influential people throughout your career or people that really helped you? I know from 
the chat we've had so far, you, obviously your dad was by your side and um, working with you a lot. But was there anyone else that sort of helped you get through those or people that you looked up to throughout your career? Um, there's so many people that uh, have helped me along my journey, to be honest. Like, obviously I talk about my dad, but uh, all, the, all the coaches that I've had throughout my time, um, another huge one for me is my mum because uh, she kind of has the same mentality as me and our brains, as much as they're, they're our biggest uh, drivers for success, uh, we're kind of so uh, mentally uh, damaging to ourselves at the same time. So during that time where I took a break from uh, Wellington, for eight months was probably the toughest time of my life as a footballer because um, the, the brain, mental health wise, the brain just got the better of me. Um, and it was, if it wasn't for my mum, I probably honestly wouldn't be here anymore. And she, she helped me come out the other side. Um, and now I'm lucky obviously to be uh, back playing professionally again, to be honest, because um, without her and my family, uh, I probably, probably wouldn't be here. So I'm very lucky, I guess, in that aspect as well. I mean, it was, it was difficult to see you in that period of time. Um, but it's a, it's a huge credit to see where you are now from, you know, the despair that I know you felt when you left Wellington. Um, what, what do you do now in terms of your football and your mental um, health, I guess, that's, that's different that allows you to, you know, keep playing A-League and, being in a good place. Yeah, um, I think obviously going through it, you pick up uh, little signals or little cues um, that are, like it's just the obsession with becoming the best that is also my biggest de detriment. Um, and I'm lucky I've got my partner that actually uh, understands how my, my brain works uh, and sort of recognises those cues that I don't get uh, stuck in that uh, whirlpool of uh, being my own detriment. Um, so there's that aspect, but then there's also just, uh, I guess, going through the uh, experience, you, you understand, I guess, uh, like, for example, just even like with food and stuff like that, like that, that mentally drove me insane because you, you want to be the best in all aspects that uh, you apply everything that you think is, I guess, right. And that can create so much confusion. And uh, then little things like sleep, like uh, you wanted to sleep better than everyone else. So when, when you're laying in bed and you can't sleep, then you start overthinking and you, you drive yourself a little bit mad. So um, just being able to relax, knowing that if, if you don't get a, a good night's sleep, you're still going to be able to perform the next day. and Just little things like that, uh, I think obviously got the better of me at, at the time, but I was able to, I guess, find my way back through that and still keep the standards that I believe uh, were necessary to be a professional athlete. And you're not gonna every day be the best, but you've got to just, I guess, have the mentality to, to want to improve and be able to perform and learn and grow that 
has put me, uh, I guess, back in a position where I'm grateful to be at, to be honest. Yeah, it's good. It's positive. Mm. Well, I've got some um, images that we were going to go through. Um, there we go. What do you remember from that night? Yeah, obviously uh, getting Pogba's jersey um, was one of the big ones. Uh, yeah, that's actually cool to look back on, to be honest. Uh, my uh, growing up, uh, Manchester United was always my favourite club. Um, and I remember obviously going over to England with you, big man, and uh, doing that, that tour over there. And that was such an incredible experience. Um, that honestly, that's probably the best. That trip to England was probably the my looking back. Even even all the ones that I've done up to this day it was probably one of my my favourites. Um, and to be actually be able to be versing the, some of the best players in the world is, uh, and I felt quite confident going up against them. To be honest, like uh, my preparation and all that was uh, really good, and I just felt like I wanted to take them on. So I actually really enjoyed that experience. My first game for, for Perth and I, I thought I played quite well. And uh, yeah, I might actually have to try and find that game and watch it back and have a look <laughs> at it. But, uh, yeah, I totally, totally forgot about that. So um, yeah, it's uh, a pretty amazing uh, achievement and experience to play against one of the biggest clubs in the world, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So look, we've got a question. So I kept your shirt. You gave me. Yeah. Well, what do you reckon? What do you reckon Paul Pogba did with his Jacob Pratchett? Is it hanging on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that yeah, the other day. We we're like, he's he definitely as soon as he got back in the locker room, he chucked that straight in the bin. It <laughs> 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 uh, doesn't matter. I'm I'm grateful to have his shirt. Um, Gonna get that photo, uh, the shirt and the photo uh, frame, to be honest, because it is such an amazing achievement to, to do. We've done that, so um, yeah, I'll definitely uh, have that to look back on. Uh, throughout my career, but that's not to say that I'm still not still don't have dreams to play at the highest level either. So, um, yeah, it's a, an achievement and experience at, at its best. But um, I still have bigger goals as well. So, um, what's the, what's the goals? What's the targets for Jacob? Uh, my biggest biggest goal and the one that I really want to achieve is to to play in a World Cup. Um, I know, uh, I believe that where I am at the moment and the stuff that I've learned and the way that I've grown and the, the mentality that I've got, uh, I honestly believe that I can achieve that. Um, and if I don't, then I don't. But uh, that's that's my uh, my goal. And I guess you only really have one life and I want to uh, achieve some great things as a footballer. So... Uh, I think the position that I'm at at the moment, uh, I'm in a position where I, if I keep the, the right attitude and uh, surround myself with the right people that I can continue to learn and grow and uh, hopefully achieve those dreams. So, 
Um, yeah, and even just that little that that game against Manchester United, they're some of the best players in the world. So um, I know that I can I can do it against the best. So um, yeah, the only the only person that's really in my way is me. So. Um, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to, to t- try and achieve that. Excellent. And I know another thing Andrew was pretty keen to talk about was your FIFA card. What are your thoughts <laughs> on your stats there? Uh, one of the boys actually showed me that, that I was a, a prize to win on uh, FIFA. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Um, <laughs> it's funny, like you look at uh, some of the other boys that might be in your team, and because they're uh, maybe a bit higher rated, I swear their pace is a lot quicker than what they <laughs> actually are. And I'm like, I'm quicker than you, but my pace is slower on FIFA. So, um, I guess uh, give me a, give me a few years, and I'll try and uh, increase those uh, stats if I can. Perfect, but. Uh, they're not bad for where they are at the moment, but I've got to. I want to get them a lot higher, to be honest. Forty-two shooting when you scored seven and seven—that's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> but that was back in the day, though. To be honest, it's obviously a lot uh, tougher and more competitive now. But there was—I uh, think if you like break it down, there's like heading and stuff like that. And I believe my heading should be a lot higher than what it is. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll run into EA Sports for you, mate. Yeah, have a word to him, would you? We will. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I remember one of the, when you went back to Sydney, when you were still on the youth team, and then you went to Italy with Del Piero, how was that experience for you? Uh, that was a big eye-opener. Um, obviously, I just moved up to Sydney, and I was playing under-20s uh, Sutherland Sharks. So I wasn't even in first grade at Sutherland Sharks. And then I trialled with the Sydney FC youth team. And then two days later, I was flying to Italy with the first team. Um, and I guess that's another one of the, uh, I guess, lucky slash preparation meets opportunity kind of experiences that... Um, put me in a position where uh, I was able to, uh, I guess, see the life of a professional footballer. And um, because you're sort of thrown in the deep end, uh, you're just forced uh, to adapt and and grow. And, um, yeah, like, looking back on that now, that's actually pretty crazy what I did back then. But for me, like, it just didn't, didn't seem like, too much like I was just uh all right an opportunity's come I'm, I'm traveling to Italy with the first team and then um obviously Del Piero is another one of the biggest players in the world and you don't realize that until you land in Italy and he's there and there's 10 15,000 fans just wanting to get a photo with him and that in itself is like holy crap like this guy is an icon a legend obviously over there and um I think that it started to sort of open your eyes up to the life of a professional footballer. Um, and I remember even just little things like, uh, obviously being uh, from the country and even at Southern, I'd take my home, uh, my clothes home and wash my own kit and 
I was so shocked when they were washing our kits for us. Our kit would be there for us. <laughs> you know, like all the little things. I'm like, oh, this is unbelievable. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> um, I guess that uh, the, obviously the roots of um, even those little things of the values that I guess it's good for me makes me grateful for the way that uh, I guess our life is and uh, how how well we are actually looked after and not take much for granted. Obviously, there's some big names that we've just sort of gone through and um, spoken about with Del Piero and Pogba. Do you have a favourite player or the best player that you've ever played with? Uh, obviously, Del Piero, but my favourite is uh, Ninko, Milos Ninkovic. Um, what we would do... Like, he, he helped me grow so much as a footballer. In um, We would do at least five five minutes after every session just working on first touch, the little things. And he that's what he said. He said the most, in, most important thing as a footballer is your first touch. Um, so just, I guess having that kind of player and that kind of experience to grow from. Um, and I think you've got to sort of take that initiative as well in the aspect of you've got some huge players around you. Ask them and, and get the details that they've learned over their experience. Um, and, and they can help you uh, grow and improve as a player as well. So he taught me little things uh, that was able to take my game to the next level. And I still try to continue to do that and, that's what I'm saying with that mindset. You've got to want to learn and grow all the time so um, and make the most of every little opportunity, whether it is just meeting someone and getting the most out of them as well. So, um, yeah, in that aspect, yeah, he would probably be one of the, the biggest and best that I've played with. Sweet. Um, so we just two questions from me just to finish up. Obviously, your, your favourite footballer, and I suppose why, or who you've grown up looking looking up to? Yeah. Um, all right. My favourite footballer of all time is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, the, the, biggest, the biggest reason why, though, is uh, because of his mentality uh, and just the way that he approaches football, his professionalism. Um, I actually aspire to him so much and I think he's one of the biggest uh, influence as a professional footballer um, that I've had in my career I watch so many videos uh, and it's just for me he's a he's a big motivation um, so yeah hands down for me Cristiano Ronaldo to be honest love it um, we've got a bit of a debate that we're going through about um, Ronaldo versus Messi so I won't have to ask you that one I think you'll have answered that <laughs> Uh, to be honest, my my uh, opinion of Ronaldo and Messi would be: if you wanted to win the league, you would probably have Messi, and if you wanted to win a, a cup, you would have Ronaldo. Fair. What uh, key messages would you give to all the young regional players that we have out there? They're going to be listening to. Uh, Jacob Trout, what message would you have for them that are aspiring to follow the path that you've travelled? Um, my biggest thing would honestly just to uh, enjoy football, to be honest. It's, sometimes it can be that simple, but 
if you enjoy it, then you, you're honestly going to uh, give the most of it. Uh, like energy-wise, you're going to uh, give more than everybody else. Um, you got to have that mentality of, uh, enjoying the learning process as well. You you've got to want to you got to want to grow. Um, and it is true. You the the best players are normally there a little bit early. They do that little bit extra that allows them to just be that little bit ahead of uh, the opposition. Um, and then you can and make the uh, the growth. But you still got to find that balance that you're not overdoing it as well and that that'll that'll come if you just have the right mindset that you want to learn and improve you will start to find your own boundaries uh but you'll also uh with that mindset be able to break uh limitations and, and continue to grow so uh i i like the the pele quote where it's uh, he, it's all about sacrifice, learning, studying, but most of all, love what you do. And you've got to love it uh, if you want to uh, pursue a career as a professional footballer. Beautiful. Perfect. All right, well, well, that's all we've got. Thanks, thanks mate. For, uh, thanks for your time. So we appreciate you uh, being our guest on the Regional Football Hub. And we wish you the best once you get back to uh, proper training and then the rest of the A-League season. And then we certainly hope that uh, you can change your dream playing overseas and, and in the World Cup. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, boys, for, for the chat. And big man, big thank you to you for giving me the opportunity to, to be where I am today as well. No worries, mate. Thanks, Trader. You're the best, mate. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye-bye.